0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. You are different. That was cool, wasn't it? That song will be available next month on the app. <laughs> Plug for the app. <laughs> Thanks for coming this morning and checking out this Jesus thing. Really appreciate it. Um, someone this week was talking to me and we were chatting it up and he's a cyclist. He's I don't know, probably he's in his 60s. we were in the we were in the the whoop whoo thought I told you. And uh we were in the the dry sauna and uh and it was where conversations get hot and um but we We started talking about Jesus, and he said, well, I'm not religious. I said, whew. I said, that's good because religious people killed Jesus. And he looked at me kind of silly. He's like, ah, wow. And I just started sharing about how good Jesus is. And I hope that maybe you'll get to meet Jesus today. Religion in itself isn't necessarily bad. It's just a statement of beliefs that follows something. In fact, true religion is those that would, you know, uh, visit those that are in prison, and take care of the widows um, and the orphans. And so you see this play out, and God is not opposed to religion, but religion is not what saves you. It's Jesus that saves you, and then that religion of following him is beautiful. And so today I pray that you just maybe find him. And there's a growing art of the day here at City Life Um, And what I mean by that is people say like lost art, you know, and, but I think there's a growing art and the growing art is a five syllable word. It's enthusiasm. I think that those that will tell the stories tomorrow and that will inspire change will be those that are enthusiastic. And so I pray that maybe as you look to kind of hit the reset on seven, go into eight and you think, oh, what do I need to bring? Maybe enthusiasm is, could be the greatest quality you bring into next year. Does that mean you're happy-go-lucky? No, it means you're enthusiastic. You've been given life. Today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It sounds like a heart that's enthusiastic. Now, 2018 is gonna be filled with power. Why? Because there's ancient power that's been here the whole time. Eight, God uh, describes throughout the text, numbers have meaning, and eight is symbolic for new, New power, new you, new year. Hit the reset in some areas. And I really think that type of power is not gonna come from what you're working, but either as you're preparing and receiving. And then out of that, I mean, heroically and aggressively taking some huge faith steps. Huge faith steps. I was watching um, uh, the Ohio State Bowl game against USC in the post-game interview. This 19-year-old kid, his name's Chase Young. And I loved watching him talk because at 19, it's really rare that you kind to find this kind of demeanor. And he's, he's seeing the locker room with his boys. And they're like, hey, Chase, what was your favorite play you made today? Uh, just seeing the seniors go out on top. It was great to do it for them. Oh, Chase, what was your favorite play you made in throughout the year? Oh, nothing. Just learning and just growing with my brothers here and excited to be a part of it. Okay, Chase, like, what are you going to do for next year? Whatever coach tells me. He tells me to drink the Kool-Aid. This is what we'll do. And this is how we're doing it. And this is what we're going to ride with. And looking around, he's like staring at his brothers and they're celebrating. I thought, man, they hold a trophy for a night. Jesus holds the trophy forever, and yet when he tells us this new stuff, it seems like we're grumbling, complaining, or, I don't know, coach said this, or, you know, it's so beautiful because the gospel's infinitely more impressive and worth more on this adventure to grab our attention. And this isn't just somebody who's gonna sit on the bench. His, his peers have quoted saying this about Chase Young, that one day he, they think he has the talent where he could be the number one draft pick in the NFL. That's talent. I think that today we'll find ourselves um, as impressive as Chase Young in the gospel if we just kind of let Jesus mold us and run his playbook. Like for real, it's challenging because when the father says something, he means it. And he wants to um, really let the lion out in our lives today. And propaganda says it best, that the word of God is like a lion and you need to just let it out the cage. You don't need no help, bro. You know, sometimes we're apologizing for God. And God gets angry sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's not fully him. It's like, no, he does get angry. But he's been very gracious and compassionate for a long period of time. And so when he's angry, that is a rarity when he displays in a moment, but it's been very slow to come about. His character is compassion and grace and slow to anger. So the word needs no type of defense. It's strong enough on its own. But I'm telling you this, it's only words on a page unless it comes alive as you enter into Jesus through the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. And what happens is it starts to activate. Something crazy activates in you. And maybe you're not there yet. Where I don't know Jesus. Hey, maybe today his word will compel you to give your life to him. And I believe as you read this type of stuff, it'll come alive even further. I remember the first time reading um, the Bible after Jesus had transformed my life. It was as if I could see things so clear. And you know what I realized? That I'd been plagiarizing, plagiarizing and, and so many people I know have been plagiarizing God forever. They just say, Oh, I just think or I just feel, or, you know, I, I do unto others you wish to do unto you. I'm like, That's what I think. It all comes back to here. He's the OG, he's the author. I'm telling you, so we don't give him proper credit. Uh, Crystal had a really cool, just to brag on her because she's a saint. If you follow me on Instagram, I posted a picture with her face all up close. And if you follow her on an Instagram story, she's like, Jerome just posted this thing on I me. Mean, it's super unflattering. I said, everyone wants to see your face up close because you're a saint, Crystal. And... Uh, and people are, you know, they're affirming me. They're like, she's my hero," you know, they're writing stuff. I'm like, see, I told you. She's like, I've got gray hairs in that photo. I was like, you had five kids. It came from the hormonal change. It's worth it, baby. You got this. But I, you know, she was telling Ashley, she was like, uh, she kind of give me a hint. I want for Christmas a Bible. Give me a Bible like his or something. You know, she has a Bible, but she wanted to the next level one. And it's just so neat. If your, your wife says she wants the Bible, what do you get her? Oh, heck yeah, you get her a Bible. That's what I'm talking about. So I got her a Bible and she posted this today. She's like, you know, thank you for my Christmas present. She's end of the year to start, you know, end of the year right, to start the year strong. And she's writing her things. And I I put this up here because this isn't superpowers. This is the same access that Martin Luther wanted you to have when he, you know, jumped in and the reformation happened with the Catholic church. He wanted you to all have the word of God too. So this is really neat. But what I've realized is it never comes from me telling you, you, her or, or you or anybody myself that you have to, but rather being contagious, caught and taught. I'm telling you, anytime I've ever asked her, did you read the Bible today? What did God teach you? Kids on the way home. We're saying, what did you learn in uh, Sunday school today? Or, you know, "Kids City. Oh, it was awesome. We ate snacks. And well, what did Jesus t- teach you? It was great. Cotton candy. I'm like, no, you know, but um, don't worry. It's gotten better. We're like, I'm like, listen, make sure they leave with something so these parents don't think we're all failures. But uh, no, it's, it's very, look, it's fun, safe, always Jesus. Check the slogan back there. But look at this. So anytime I've ever forced Crystal to read, it's just not inviting. But as you're, you, have, you're, you have the table yourself, this is what Jesus does. He sets the table and he just says, come dine with me. And sometimes we stand him up. It's like a stag date. Oh, where, you know, where's he at? Uh, I don't know. But see, the thing about Jesus is, where's he at? Oh, he's always at the table. I've just left him a couple of times. So whenever you show up, he's always there. His words are always there. It's not just a little introduction to say, man, let's, let's dive in. To God's word today. And today is a moment in the text. We're going to look at it as I'd be, I think it's like a pressure cooker moment that set the stage for the power we have today. And Jesus has this, this ball he's about to go dunk for the father. And he, he takes the closest, takes his closest people with him, And he says, all right, I'm going to pass you the ball too, because I want you to come with me. Jesus doesn't invite you any, into any place that he isn't willing to go first, right? That's leadership. He doesn't say, you do, and I'll sit. He says, I'll do, you wanna come? It's beautiful. And so he takes this ball and he hands it to uh, some of his followers. And, and have you ever felt though for a minute that you've let God down and you've dropped the ball? Have you ever? That God like passed you the rock and you let it down? That he just passed you the rock? And you dropped it? Have you ever felt like that, Cam? Have you ever felt like God passed you the rock and you dropped it? I'm telling you, I have. I think there's freedom today because you're gonna recognize this moment here where the ball is massively dropped. But there's one that won the game for all of us. We're looking in Matthew chapter 26, 10 verses 36 to 46. This is a moment where Jesus is going to take his team and go pray about before he's going to go to the cross. They had just had a meal they call the Last Supper, and it was during the time of Passover. You may be familiar with that verbiage. Passover simply means this, that all the way back in Exodus, God's people were in oppression under the reign of Pharaoh in Egypt. And it says that God heard their cries and their pleas. And this is great news because that God hears your cries and your pleas and then he showed up and then they were allowed to exit under that rain into a new land, a new promise, a new place. And so they would remember this celebration. They would remember that they had a Passover because God's wrath came, his judgment came on Egypt. But anyone that had blood over the doorpost of the lamb that the Lord would pass over, judgment, passover. And it was a, it was a shadow of thing, it was a type pointing to Christ. Say this is what it'll be like with Christ. So here now, this Last Supper, it's even a greater significance because they're not just celebrating what was, they're about to partake in who is and what is to come. The Last Supper, communion, when we take and eat the bread and the body, this is what's going on. And so the backdrop in this moment, they got King Jesus there, he's done a lot of miracles. He's got credibility to to the oomph degree. I mean, domination. They're saying things like this. Uh, You know, he's trying to prep them. Like, hey, I'm about to go die. Peter says, oh, no, no, no. He's like, no, I'm about to go die. Well, I won't deny you. I will die before I deny you, he says. Peter gets up. He's all bold. This is a dude who walked on water. Well, now we're going to see how Peter responds just a little bit later. And eventually he goes on to deny him. But in this moment, Jesus takes him and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, with him to the place called Gethsemane. We're going to pick it up in verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And what that means is this. It's literally oil press, like olive trees, olive oil, how it's pressed. And you you get this image. And I don't know if you know much about vineyards. I don't. But uh, in the limited knowledge, I know, you know, you go through the Grocery store, you see first press, you know, second press, cold press, all this. I mean, it's aggressive to get the olive oil out. Press down. You know, you see people, you see even with the grapes, you know, they're beating on it. You got the oil press. So this moment is a pressure cooker moment. I mean, pressure cooker. Thank God for rice cookers. They go fast, 25 bucks on Amazon. One year hasn't broke yet. Pressure cookers are good. But what about when your life is pressure cooked? I'm telling you, what is in you comes out. The selfish nature comes out. But what is in Jesus comes out. The heroic, legendary behavior. So here he goes to this place. It's not just by chance. It's by divine providence setting the stage that the table is set for what will take place. And he says to his disciples, he throws them the ball. He's like, Cam, sit here while I go there and pray. Think, yeah, heck yeah. And taking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Here he gives them kind of the mission. And what he's saying here too is, all right, stakes are really high. But I like though that the text says, and the gospels record this differently, same nature of the bulk, but kind of nuances of how it's all playing out. But right here in Matthew, it's describing kind of this favorite nature because you can't be all things to everybody, can you? But you could be all in for someone. Now Jesus has 12 that he's been hanging out with. He's got three favorites. He has this deeper affinity, it seems like for. but we know that he loves everyone. He's thinking about me all the way back then. But he's spending time because by saying no to other crowds, he was able to say yes to invest in the small. He's always going low because then most people don't get the credit for what he's doing. He takes misfits, broken, outcasts because he wants to show his power. He also takes people of power that go low, Paul, Apollos, and then they're willing to follow him because they saw a greater king and a greater power, a greater scholar. So it's both and the way this beautiful gospel, this good news plays out. And so the the thought here too, I would try to impart is this. You have to have circles this year. You do. You do. You can't be all things to all people. You're gonna be worn so thin. You'll never be able to fully maximize what God's called you to do. You can't work two jobs at once. Can't be in two families at once. If you do, you'll be getting some trouble. that will be crazy. You know, you hear those stories? 35 years, you got, you know. I mean, that's not it's, not, it's not the game plan. By saying no, you're saying yes. And so what he was doing was he's saying yes. Come here, come on, let's go. We have something that is so important. And so for 2018, I think there's something that's so important for us. And God's calling us in. What was that? (laughs) A little early, eh? I like it. Verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. What he gives right here is the job description. And he gives a why behind the what. You love me, right? Yeah, of course, We, we, we love you. Well, I'm very sorrowful, even to death. Okay, Jesus. Yeah, I get it. We're in. All right. So remain here. You got one job. Remain here. Watch. This is like a military term with me. I want you to watch. I want you to pray. I want you to think. I want you to go. Just sit. Be a part of this mission right here. Just, just watch with me. Just be on my team. Stay awake. Stay alert. Get your game face on verse 39 continues, it says, and going a little further, he fell, Jesus fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. What he's saying is, hey, okay, I'm praying to the father. What he's doing, he gets the secret codes, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, AB, 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 select, start, contra, game, genie, anybody. So what, he, what we're going jump into this moment I think what we do a lot of times, we hear prayer moments, instantly think, well, how do I want to pray? Wait, how does Jesus pray to the Father? It's a great glimpse. My Father, intimacy, he makes a request if there's any other way, but then he also says, you're in charge. Not my will, but yours. Such a beautiful, beautiful display. And I believe the greatest, boldest, most courageous prayer you could pray this year I'm not sure if you're ready for it. For real. I was listening this week. A preacher said, why do, you, why do we think we have rights? We've given up all of our rights. Our life has been bought by a high price. Why do we think we have rights? We don't have rights. The most beautiful thing, though, is the fact that we don't have rights when we've given them to the one who is perfect and judging, and he knows exactly how this should all play out. So we're actually not losing as a bond servant and even a slave, but a slave to a perfect master a perfect leader. So as we give up our rights and our privileges, I like this quote, when I give up what I think I deserve, God gives me more than I dreamed of every time. As I follow him and I always say, hey, you take the wheel. It seems like the thing I was praying for, somehow I get it. This week it was encouraged. A couple different cards came in, encouraging our family. In right time moments, it was as if they heard our prayers four or five years ago. But if we would have pursued certain things, they probably would have never came to pass. But as you give up, God gives. And he even finds us sometimes where they're failing and he still says, ah, but I'm greater. Here is Jesus saying the most greatest, courageous prayer there could ever be. Not my will, but yours. Are you ready to pray that? I am not ready, but I am going to. Because what that means sometimes is you're not always ready. but When you do it, You've put your hands and your life and all that you'll ever be or do into the one that is the safest, most trustworthy being ever. That is what took place right here. He gave the secret code to us. Not my will, but as your will be done. Verse 40, it says, and he came to the disciples and he found them sleep. Remember the one job? You remember that? You got one job, watch. And he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? The pictures of Jesus I Googled in pictures of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, he says them just like this. He's like, Oh, it's a stained glass one. It's, you know, it's, it's the white Jesus everywhere. Jesus is from the Middle East. He's darker than you think. And, and, um, and he's just, he's like, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a little anguish, but he's about to go to the cross. This is an entry level moment. And in fact, he's not like this. Remember, he was on his face. Okay. So he's flat. God, and he's just, you know, the anguish is, oh, just, and he comes back. He's like, tools. I told you one job, <laughs> one job. We fed thousands, remember? I think that's how I read it. So if you inject a little bit of my commentary, I'm reading it like this. Failures. No, I'm kidding. Idiots. Have you ever given someone a job? And that's how you respond. What? I gave you one job. One job. Can't have rolls without butter. Butter. If you're here for thank you dream team night, you know, people kept saying, where's the pita bread? Where's the pita bread? We're like, don't you think we know? We don't know where the pita bread is either, but we're thankful to be in this journey together. There's like these huge tubs of hummus. Tub of hummus, tub of hummus. Where's the pita bread? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. We gotta send somebody to the store. Maybe. I think Jesus He put together this this uh, this clip of videos here for us to remind us what he Peter, James, John. You had one job. I have a confession. At 15 years old, I had one job, clean cars, at Dick Scott Motor Mall. Me and my friend, you know, 1995 conversion vans, there just wasn't a lot of plush experiences like that, so we decided to go up in one and, you know, maybe kick on the TV for a little bit. 750 wasn't that compelling an hour back then. Um, And we got caught sleeping on the job. But I think Jesus catches us all sleeping a lot in life. And I didn't get the why behind the what then. And the disciples don't even get the why fully either. I mean, aren't we caught sleeping by being mean with our words? When we couldn't forgive when Jesus asked us to? What about when we couldn't suck it up with the person that annoys the living daylights out of us, but we don't even wanna be in the same room with them, but Jesus does? What about when we find Ourselves in a moment when we're supposed to run to God, but we find ourselves running from God. We get caught sleeping all the time, all the time. And as verse 42, it continues, it says, again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. Jesus, he's persistent. He's, this is very serious. And my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And what he's talking about is this cup that he's gonna drink. And when you think of the crucifixion, um, maybe you've heard just the g- horrific graphic detail of it. That Romans had perfected the, this, the art and the torture of, of killing somebody through means of crucifixion. And so they put, you know, the nails through the, the wrists and put it to uh, the wood and then have the, the you know, the, the legs kind of like crossed and then put it through both. And uh, through the Achilles heel, they say is one of the worst pressure points in your whole, is most excru- the word excruciating came from crucifixion, okay? So excru- excruciating pain, we can't even use it. We shouldn't even, oh, it's excruciating. Oh, really? Crucifixion level? You know, um, may, birthing, that's the only thing they get. And I've heard the closest thing is like root canal stuff, you know, when your tooth's really bad. Um, so th- this reserve, reserved. No one at you, excruciating pain. You can't really use it, right? And so th- what they would do though, is they would cross it, put the nail through and bend the legs just a little bit because then as, because your body wants to survive so bad and you kind of go like this and gasp for air. she's like, so it's, when they're trying to give Jesus some of the drink, to get him to live, you know, hey, you want it? And they're mocking him or whatever. And he won't even take it. He's just, you know, gasping. Because every time you go like this, kind of gasp for air, that you, the, you feel the pain again where it's through. And so, and, oh, on top of that, what about when he was whipped, right? And his skin is so, it said he barely resembled a man. This, he can't even carry this thing. Well, up, the, up to, to where he's gonna go be crucified, he needs help. So on this cross of wood, where from a tree, Eve and Adam ate and partook, and then now through a tree, the Lord, the maker of the universe, is going to be crucified on it. The glory of God. And we could somehow start to think that the crucifixion was the crazy part that Jesus endured. Friends, I missed this, the depth of this for so long. It wasn't the fact that Jesus was crucified, many were crucified. It was the fact that he was going to drink the cup of wrath, do sin because that's the judgment that sin will face. And he became the penalty, the sacrifice in place of me and you being guilty. And what sin looks like, the Passover starts to make you, I wanna be like, whoo, Jesus, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. You did it, you did it. Because he didn't just die on the cross, he literally took the wrath of God. That's why he felt forsaken. It's because the father, He had never been separated from the Father, and as the Father poured out his wrath on a perfect, spotless sacrifice. You know, Luke records it this way. Luke, being a physician, says that his sweat in this moment of agony, knowing he's going to go to the cross, asking if there's another way. Hey, Father God, another way I'm in, but anyways, let's do this because you're awesome. Not my will, but yours. It says his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. There's been debate over this and the scientific term that people have tried to land on. Like, did this really happen? And I've looked into the text more. I think it's literal. I think that it did happen because that is the pressing that's taking place there. Now, it could have been a moment of just describing it likeness, but it's said that there's this this condition of what can happen. Um, It's called hematohydrosis. It's which a human being sweats blood. Leonardo da Vinci described a soldier who sweated blood before battle. Jesus Christ experienced hematidrosis while praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. And they say there's like blood vessels that are so close to your sweat glands that under complete agony and anxiety that you would just, just like, we've never been there. So anxious day, insert Jesus, right? Oh God, worry, no, insert Jesus. And so this is so good because I know the tendency, right? It's hard, 17's been real, 18, the pressures. But wait, 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 let's look at God. And as we see, what we start to find is that the pressures kind of release. And Jesus finds us falling asleep, but He's not. And he's not trying to condemn us. He's actually trying to give us rest. That's why he's gonna go to the cross. See, when you feel like you have to move, you'll go to sleep. But when Jesus tells you to go to sleep, you'll wanna move. He provides rest to his kids. I think rest in the moments that are really, really difficult. Rest in that. Some people have said to me, I start reading my Bible, I can't get like through three verses and I fall asleep. You know what I think that is? Have you ever read the Bible and fallen asleep or wanted to? There's like two people here. Whatever. All of you. Or maybe the second crowd is this. Have you read the Bible? You know, Well, you'll want to fall asleep at some point. And uh, I've many times wanted to fall asleep. I believe it's this. The peace of God in that moment. It's the first time we probably felt peace. If we just rest and then wake back up. Elijah was so tired, moving for God, and First Kings 19, just rest, eat some food, get back up and go. I think God's giving rest today because he's the one who went through this moment so that we could have access. And as it continues in verse 43, and again, he came and he found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. God, it's just, we're gonna sleep here. So leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. How serious is this? It's a very serious moment very serious. And where are the disciples like me and you? We're caught sleeping on the job. Never good enough. Never able to endure and keep it all. This is such a beautiful depiction of what needs to take place. Now, I think what has happened here is um, everyone got bit by the bug of this, this monster, and we have it. It knocks on our door. It tries to scare us too, and it's this me monster. What's in it for me? Jesus, when are we going to go back and do the stuff What Jesus did you fall in love with? What Jesus did I fall in love with? Is it the stuff, Jesus? Here's what I mean. When are we going to do the miracles, the magic? That was so fun. We fed thousands. We walked on some water. I saw the dead rain. Jesus, you're doing it. When are we getting this kingdom thing? Why are we coming in on a donkey? When do we get to celebrate? Man, Caesar's super annoying. When do you show off your power? Man, I'm with you. When do we cut off ears? Can we just bring the legions of angels now and bring the destruction of doom on these idiots? Right? This is us. God, when's the blessing happening? My job's difficult. I just don't understand. It's so challenging. Well, it's okay. okay, okay. He didn't promise he was always going to remove you from the storm. What he promised is that he'll walk with you through the storm. What he'll do is give you peace in the storm. And he'll, what, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I think that's the most beautiful thing about the good news of Jesus Christ is the courageous spirit that it gives us in moments that are just filled with pressure. Pressure moments. That's why that people right now incarcerated could be freer than people driving the streets. Because freedom happens from within. That's the beauty we're talking about here. We're giving up the me monster and we're looking at the Jesus. Verse 45, then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. This is awesome. He's just like, okay, whatever. Obviously, temptation is fully evoked the moment. Sleep. Take your rest later on. But see, the hour is at hand where the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Worship team, if you guys could come up, it'd be awesome. But uh, so here's where we're closing. This rise and let us be going is we see Jesus not getting the cup taken away, but now saying, the Father's will is at hand. Let's go. And who's he going for? Me and you. See, really, this is all about human weakness and God's greatness. It's human weaknesses that make us fall short, but it's God's greatness that gives us the strength to overcome. This is super liberating for your goal list for 2018 because you're not the one that has to do it. God does. The dreams and desires and the passions he gave you, it's actually with a a posture of rest and receiving by grace to say, man, I get to because you did. It's complete different shift in focus because when you fail Jesus he still doesn't fail you. When you fail Jesus, he's still faithful to you. The pressure's on Jesus and he did it. We go so quick to, you know, baby Jesus on the cross, resurrected Jesus. But what about the the moment, just kind of the preview to the cross? This is intense. That's amazing that we get to share in his victory by faith so when we think of new year, new you this is what we're talking about, new year, new you in Jesus maybe you're not a hooper you don't know what the last second shot missing is like maybe you don't know what it's like to you know, go play against a kid nowadays and they're faster than you 37 got ran at aim high by 16 year olds one time it's horrible it's with guys from City Life it's horrible Never, we never, no one's even asked us to go back because they all knew. We all looked at each other it's like, psh, like, oh, we can do it. It's like, pff. we had Edward, he's six foot six. We had Devin even. Devin didn't pass. We had about six months of talk about it. It was part of his discipleship journey. And uh, we got ran out the gym. And I'm so grateful that that's not like the gospel because... We're always in the gym because of Jesus. He's always the one that says, hey, come on, get back up. I already dunked it. I did I caught it for you. I didn't I didn't lose. I'm faithful to you. I'm pursuing you. Let's let's do this thing together. There's a seat at the table. And I want to speak prophetically into your 2018 because I think there's power in words. I think that this is a year where you you get woke a little bit and you wake up to who Jesus is, not to what's going on all around you. You know, there's conspiracies and you want to know the greatest conspiracy is to not understand the depths of the cross. When you think of a world war or all the deception and the wickedness of mankind it was fully on display in the cross the perfect creator being crucified because of the sin that's in you and me You think World War 3 or CNN's crazy FBI emails hidden Clinton Trump Russia no we look no further we don't even have, we're not dismayed we're like man they killed Jesus what next Kill, you know for me I, I remember thinking Jesus has to be real because why are they trying to hide him so much you can talk about everyone but don't talk about Jesus oh we invite every religion but does Jesus think shh, shh, why why because there's only one that possesses the power to save Jesus only one that threatens Satan's kingdom there's only one there's only one really really there's one <laughs> so I pray and this is why I'm smiling I'm laughing because I pray because this is a celebration of us remembering the completion of what Jesus has done for us. This year, I'm sick of Satan trying to discourage with doubt, you can't, you're not good. Oh, wait, gotta get more prepared. I have these moments when, well, see what they're doing. Have you been online lately? I went to other towns. They had better brisket. It's this constant comparison game. And it's sickening. We give the enemy way too much voice. When we just look at straight up Jesus, and we're like, no, no, I'm in that. Let's go. I was caught sleeping. Oh, it's worth my life. Oh, I'm getting a kingdom that will never rust, never be broken. Huh. My job does smell like mothballs, but it's okay. There's a lot of buildings in the city that smell like mothballs. Like, where'd our tax dollars go? You know, right? For real, like you need a gospel perspective or you're gonna punch somebody. I'm impressed that we don't punch people more. It's like impressive, you know? It's impressive. was looking to see if I had time. I was gonna tell you my rally story. You gotta hear my rally story? You got an extra two minutes? So, <laughs> Friday night rallies. I'm excited. After basketball, get, going through the line, and lady keeps saying, what? What? And so I'm talking louder and louder. I'm like, I want a rally burger. Rally flag. This dude gets out. He comes out. He's like, is there any reason you're yelling? I was like, man, she couldn't hear me. And uh, so I pull up. and I'm like, look, man, I'm so sorry. I don't want to do this. And he was like, he was like, oh, I'm super mad. And, uh, I said, dude, trust me, it ain't like that. He goes, it's our first day on the job. I said, I don't know. And she couldn't speak that good of English and stuff. So it was just, it was on multiple levels. We were set up to lose. Well, anyways, it was so cool. We pulled around. We waited for our food. We had that, was, what's happening now? You know, we're waiting for our food. Wow. And the guy comes out. And he just says, hey, man, thanks, dude. It's been a crazy night. So sorry, dude. It's been nuts. And... Uh, and I think I think I say that because I think our rally experiences is why we're so frustrated about life. But if we remember what we're getting, it's okay in that moment. Who cares about my fries? I cared more about reconciling with this guy, and it was so cool that he brought it back out. And he was just like we were hanging out, napping and stuff. And uh, it's okay to be frustrated in the moments, but let's not let us bow to somebody who can't hear us. Let's be a little bit more sensitive because God hears us, and He will restore this city. He will restore your marriage. He will restore your finances he's going to do that but you have to let him be it not my will but yours be done because my will in that moment i was like yo she didn't hear me dude don't be trying no we're not fronting on anybody jerome we're getting out of the car you know it's like this is crazy what do you mean beefing on me like i was like what but i was like i started laughing i'm like no I'm not Satan. you're a liar you're not winning these are my friends they're making the fries we're buying the fries it's a good night right the lime's packed. Rallies has so many items to order. It does. Dude, choices I think are of the Antichrist. Hey, Amen. They say freedom, but it feels like bondage walking through mire. You know? It's like, dude, it's like fifty-five different toothbrushes now. So I want to pray for us this year. I think I am here in reset. I'm here in love, listen, learn, lead. I'm hearing that you don't need to take the shame, the guilt and condemnation that you feel in this season into the next season. I feel like God wants to tell you that there's new hope, new life, new peace, new power, but, but you got to give it all up and you got to understand you've been caught on the job sleeping, but he wants to hit the reset and he wants to show you his victory and his greatness and that he doesn't fail you. That it doesn't come by what you can earn and try to get this long goal list, but it actually comes from receiving him today. Can we pray for that? Jesus, I thank you for your power and your peace and your church and the people here today. God, we all need your freedom. We're sick of the enemy's voice. Turn heaven's frequency on blast right now. Turn up the volume. Let us see you for all you are and your worth and your beauty. God, we thank you for your heartbeat for people that you forgive, that you listen, and that you're patient. That even when we talk big and our lives don't, we can't cash the checks, that you still say, hey, get up. Let's go. Come. I give rest. So we move from that right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.